Good day once again to everyone listening to us. Welcome to another episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. If you're listening in the United States of America, welcome to you. And if you're listening from another country somewhere around the world, welcome to you also. And whatever state you're in in the United States, I also want to say welcome to you. In Southern Virginia, you found us on WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400, and those are on your AM dial, as well as WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. We're also heard on the internet at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. As always, if you would like to hear this again or any other broadcast program, you can find my podcast by searching The C.D. Hodges. The C.D. Hodges. You can search that on iTunes or any podcast player on your smart device. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. Now, as we begin this episode, the first thing I want to do is to give God a lot of thanks and all the glory for enjoying uh, and being tremendously blessed in two holy convocations in this last week. We enjoyed the virtual convocation of the Virginia Fourth Jurisdiction of the Church of God in Christ here in Southern Virginia. And we also enjoyed the 50th Holy Convocation of the Japan Jurisdiction of the Church of God in Christ. And the Lord blessed me to be speakers in both of those convocations. Actually, the Lord has blessed me to be the prelate the leader of the Japan Church of God in Christ jurisdiction for the last 15 years now. And we celebrated an amazing 50th convocation in a foreign country. Now, I wasn't there 50 years ago, but the man who was served admirably and uh, was tremendously blessed by God, a great man of God. And that was none other than the Bishop Dr. Archie Buchanan. We praise God for him, his wife, and his family. And both of these convocations were conducted virtually. Would have much rather been there in person. Uh, But since we couldn't as a result of the pandemic and whatever have you, we had to do the next best thing. I wish I could have been there with the folks that I leave from Japan, but uh, we were unable to. But we definitely did enjoy that virtual convocation. I tell you, it was exciting and and, uh, I was pumped up. I was truly blessed. So we thank God for that. Thank God for technology that allows us to uh, go around the world and maintain communication and contact with one another, uh, both verbally and visually. So we really appreciate the Lord for those inventions. And for all of you who are cursing uh, social media, uh, you're probably changing your minds right about now because had it not been for social media, a lot of our churches would have closed down altogether and a lot of ministry works would not have gone forth and we were able to adapt and overcome. So we truly thank God for that. Thank God for being in the blessing business. Now, we completed a five-week series on sex in marriage. 
Uh, we completed that a couple of weeks ago. And that was five weeks in which we dealt with sexual difficulties, the nature of an affair. We even dealt with recovering from an affair. And so if you're having difficulties in your sex life or whatever, uh, definitely if you've had an affair, you need some help getting it together. Check out those programs. Again, you can find them on iTunes or any podcast player. Just search the C.D. Hodges podcast. Uh, We didn't go into a lot of deep areas of sex, such as the how-tos and things like that. But we did offer some sage guidance about uh, those moments and those times when difficulties uh, will inevitably arise. And so if you're having problems in your sex life, in your marriage, don't feel like you're alone. It happens to most people one way or another to one degree of another for one reason or another. And between that series and a couple of other series that included material dealing with sex in marriage, I think we covered the gist of the area of sex in marriage in a way that sticks with the purpose of this program. And, uh, and that is to help you figure out what ticks, help you work on your marriage and your family relationships. In all that was covered, I do hope that you were benefited as I always hope and pray. Now, last week, uh, last week, one of my very special nieces joined me uh, live from Jacksonville, Florida. And as I said to you on last week, I'll say to you once again, I believe that the Lord has blessed me with the greatest group of nieces, both on my side of the family as well as on my wife's side of the family. I have a bunch of nieces that I truly love and adore, a bunch of great young ladies. Some of them have been through great trials, but they are all accomplished. And uh, just a great bunch of women, and I will do most anything that I can to help them and to support them in their lives. But I called on one of my very special nieces to join me live from Florida last week and wanted to add a real and personal touch to some of the real and personal life situations that we deal with on this program. And I want you to know that I'm really uh, trying my best to reach out and touch us right where we are and right where we live. I want to deal with real situations. I don't want this to be just something that we gloss over truth and gloss over reality. I really want to touch on it and be a benefit to you who would listen to this program. And I chose my niece because she is a single parent, and uh, and I have other nieces who are single parents, as well as nieces and nephews who are married. And by the way, my wife asked me, uh, what about the single fathers? And so I'm going to follow up in the very, very near future with an episode dedicated to single fathers. Let's hear from their point of view also. Want to be an equal opportunity uh, interviewer here with the Equal Opportunity Program. Want to reach out to everybody. And uh, uh, and being a single father can be no easier than it is to be a single mother. Being a single parent, period, takes a lot of work, dedication, commitment, a lot of love, a lot of know-how. You definitely need a good support network. But I was able to talk to my uh, single parenting niece uh, and, you know, just about coming into her own and finding her way. And I really believe that some information provided in that interview would be helpful to some folks. I thoroughly enjoyed that episode, and I hope you did also. I appreciate how my niece gave us a few moments of transparency and made herself vulnerable. Made herself vulnerable as she disclosed a few of her own tough life lessons. 
And just a side note, you know, just once again, uh, I was almost floored when she revealed to me how that something I said to her several years ago effectively shook her into making a serious move to better her life. And that revelation was quite touching to me, touched me deeply. And I just want to encourage somebody out there today, don't underestimate the impact and the value of your presence in someone else's life. When you are trying to reach out from your heart and be a blessing to others and share godly wisdom with others, when you're trying to reach out from your heart and help someone that you love reach another station in life, your effort is going to be valued. Your effort is going to be uh, 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 an important one. And you never know how deeply your effort is going to touch and move someone. And so don't stop. Even if it looks like you're not being effective, even if it looks like you're being ignored, don't stop. Keep going and keep doing what you're doing. All right. And so and there was something else in last week's episode uh, that really touched me also. Something else uh, in that episode last week uh, happened really good for me. That episode last week caused me to look back at the family. I had to look again at the family and the various roles that family members play in each other's lives. And I'm telling you, if you're blessed to have a family, you are blessed indeed. And I believe it's a trick of the devil that would have family members falling out with each other and not speaking to one another uh, and falling out at the funeral and so forth and so on. That has to be a trick of the devil. And it's a trick of the devil. It's spiritual wickedness that would come against families because the spiritual enemies know how valuable families can be to all of the members in that family, that family is a crucial, critical resource for every family member's success. And so it's no uh, surprise to me that spiritual forces would marshal themselves to come against the family. But last week's episode caused me to look back at the family and to just explore the roles in the family Explore the roles family members play in each other's lives. I had to look at that again. It caused me to to think again about how we have to come together. Caused me to think again about how we must come together to help each other, especially our succeeding generations. Every generation ought to accept the responsibility to pass their knowledge and experience on to the generation or generations coming behind them. And so the hard knocks that you've been through, uh, the tough lessons that you have learned, you ought to consider it your responsibility to share your knowledge and your experience. Tell your story to those generations coming behind you. They deserve special care. They deserve special attention. If for no other reason, they deserve special care and they deserve special attention because they're going to take care of us. All right? They're going to take care of us. So my children, my grandchildren, they're going to have to take care of me one day. And if you happen to be a single person or a married person and didn't have any children, but your siblings have children, guess what? You're going to need your nieces and nephews to come see about you one day. So take care of them, interact with them, form relationships with your family. 
And you know, it's also important to remember that we're going to hand the nation over to our succeeding generations. We're going to give the world over to them. Wow. And so we need to take time and tell our story and make sure we're doing all that we can to instill good knowledge and good values, good principles, introduce them to Jesus Christ. Make sure that they know him as the savior of their lives. Now, and I'm also reminded of the African proverb that says it takes a village to raise a child. And that simply means a child's most important lovers, most important teachers, most important examples, the child's greatest authority will be his or her parents. The child, and when I say lovers, I mean those responsible to love the child, those primary caregivers. The child's most important lovers, teachers, examples, and authority figures are going to be his or her parents. However, if a child is going to reach their potential, if a child is going to become who they are supposed to become and what they're supposed to become, if the child is going to reach that level, it's going to take others playing a role in interacting with the child on multiple levels also. A child is not going to become who they are supposed to become in God or otherwise with just their parents. It's going to take multiple role players in that child's life. And I believe that from God's perspective, not only does it take a village, but village infers people in relationship with you or the child who possess a certain closeness to the child. Hence, that village is made up first and foremost primarily of the child's immediate family and the child's extended family. The child's extended family becomes the village that's going to be responsible for helping to raise that child. Oh, I hope you hear me today. I hope that makes sense. Yes, it will take a village. It takes a village to raise a child, but that child's village, first and foremost, is primarily his immediate family and his or her extended family. And this village concept is part of the reason God places people in our lives to begin with, and especially our family. We need people in our lives who will help bring out the best in us, help us forego the dangers of life and, and, and obtain a needed wisdom to negotiate the world and to know God. We need people in our lives who are going to push us up the mountain, to pull us over hills to encourage us when we feel discouraged, to be an example for us. We need people in our lives who will love us, who will deal with us, and who will one way or another help push us to another level of living. We need people who will sometimes push us off the fence and push us into making decisions. We don't only need people who will simply coddle us and pamper us and pat us on the back and tell us everything will be all right. No, let me help you understand something. Whether you realize it or not, life will throw some stuff on you. Life will throw you some curveballs. 
that will throw you for a loop and throw your life into a tailspin. And in those moments, we have to know and realize sometimes things will not be all right. Things will hurt. Pain will come. Tragedy will happen. Difficult and trying circumstances will come against us. Some things will not be all right unless we get up off our duffs and make a move. And we need people in our lives who are going to remind us of that. You're going to have to get up off your duff and make a move. And that's the role that family plays. That's the role that family plays. When nobody else will set you straight, you should have your family. When no one else will encourage you, you should have your family. And I think this is a perfect example. The, the example of, of what my niece said on last week of me giving her that valuable guidance that helped shook her, shake her off the fence and make some important decisions. I think that's a perfect example and application of what I've said numerous times on this program in the past when I talk about family and when I define and talk about the purpose of family. And that is families are God's ordained, ready-made network of support, security, and nurturing love. God made the family, put the family on earth as the unit that is primarily responsible for loving you, uh, supporting you, providing security to you, and nurturing you. And if you're going to accept help from anybody during those critical moments of life, they're going to inevitably come. Those critical moments are inevitable. And if you're going to receive help and get help from anybody, if you will accept help from anybody during those crisis moments, those transformational moments or those consequential moments of life, it ought to be somebody you're able to trust. And that is none other than your family. And your family is meant to make up that village of people who are closer to you, more familiar with you, and more trustworthy than anybody else in the world. When that purpose is played out, you'll find the person's extended family playing a critical role in helping the nuclear family to shape a child's identity and instill in that child a sense of identity and belonging. Personally, I think the role that my niece described me playing in her life bears all this out. I think the role she described me playing, and that is speaking that timely word of wisdom that ushered her into a significant life move, it was a good role for an uncle to play. It's good for uncles and aunts to come alongside their nieces and nephews and help reinforce what their mothers and fathers have been trying to teach them all along. Uncles and aunts, nobody in the extended family, definitely you do not work against parents, but you come alongside parents. Just like the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and helps us. You come alongside parents and you help them. Uncles and aunts, uncles and aunts may play a critical role in times of crises to help shore up parental teaching in the lives of their nieces and nephews. In God-ordained, ready-made network of love and support, it seems like uncles and aunts would make the perfect God-ordained, ready-made mentors. Wow. 
need a mentor, need somebody to look up to. Where's your uncle? Where's your aunt? Then there is the ever-present, the ever-loving grandparents. Uncles and aunts, you play a critical role. Come alongside the parents. I remember growing up, my uncles and my aunt, uh, uh, my uncles and my aunts, boy, they were, they were authority figures in our lives. They would take us for summer. They would treat us. They would take us out. They would, they would do things that added to our lives. They were figures in our lives that, like I said, they came alongside our parents and they helped out. Things can get tough for parents and they need somebody to help lighten the load. And there's nothing like an uncle and an aunt to come alongside them. All right. And then another role in the family, another role in the family. There's the ever-present, the ever-loving grandparents. Now, there are no official laws or official job descriptions for grandparents. They just seem to do what comes naturally. Even so, when I look at it, I can detect a pattern for grandparenting. Grandparents specialize in filling love needs. Let me say that again. Grandparents specialize in filling love needs. That includes being a teacher, being an example, being a playmate. My goodness, I know it does a lot for grandchildren to have their grandparents get down in the floor and play with them. Their love needs become playmates or spiritual guides and anything else grandchildren need. Grandparents serve those roles. They fulfill love needs. Grandparents often serve as a family's rock of stability and the well of wisdom. You know, so many parents are operating in a kind of a trial and error mode. Yeah, that's right. So many parents are operating in this trial and error mode. And unfortunately, there's so much more error in their trying than success. Grandparents have raised children and they have learned so much through their own trial and error. And by the time their children have children, Ideally speaking, by the time their children have children, these new grandparents or these now grandparents have grown, have matured, and possess a wealth of knowledge that can also come alongside parents. So just like uncles and aunts, grandparents come alongside parents and not only help reinforce parental teaching, but add to it. And grandparents oftentimes fill gaps between parents and children. They fill gaps. Man, I don't have time to go into all of this. But uh, 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 grandparents, they can be a strong, positive force in the lives of their grandchildren. From my experience, grandparents often assume the role of hero in the eyes and the hearts of their grandchildren. You know, since I've become a grandparent, I understand this phenomenon even more. I was close. I was close to my grandmother. I enjoyed spending time with her. I adored her. She was a positive figure in my life, a positive, strong force in my life. Her words meant something. She was definitely a well of wisdom. The only person I would allow to kiss me growing up as a child was my grandmother. Wouldn't even allow my mother to kiss me. And I always wanted my grandchildren, 
I always wanted my grandchildren to to uh, uh, have a relationship with me like I have with my grandmother. And it fills me with so much joy to know that my grandchildren, my wife and I, enjoy a relationship that is not based on stuff, but is based on enjoying each other's presence and company. And as a grandparent, I've gained a love for my grandchildren that partially mirrors God's love for us, partially mirrors God's love for us. You know, three of our grandchildren we're really close to, extremely close to. And those, those little rascals, oh my goodness, so full of energy. Ibababa, so full of energy. And that energy oftentimes spills over into mischief, spills over into accidents, just spills over into misconduct, whatever you want to call it, misbehavior. And if you're a grandparent, you know exactly what I mean. But the joy of grandparenting is that even when they mess up, even when they misbehave and act out, etc., etc., it doesn't change our view of them. It doesn't change the image that we have with them. We have this unconditional love for them. Now, I say grandparents' love for grandchildren partially mirrors God's love because grandparents are usually softer on discipline than parents are. And I know my mother is softer on my children than she was on me. Oh, my goodness. And we do dispense discipline, but we do it in a hurry so we can get back to enjoying each other's company, enjoying the relationship. Grandparents specialize in coming alongside parents to reinforce home teaching and family values. And you know, my heart truly goes out to families who for one reason or another forbid or do not allow or otherwise don't have, don't uh, uh, allow grandchildren to have relationships with their grandparents. And my advice would be to prevent that at all costs, prevent that as much as possible. If you don't allow your child to have a relationship with their grandparent, make sure it's for an extremely good reason. And make sure it's more than just you and your parents don't get along. They may very well get along well with the grandchildren. They just don't get along with you. You just don't get along with them. But don't impose your experience on the grandchildren. And unfortunately, just like not all of God's children will come to know and enjoy his love, not all grandchildren will come to know and enjoy the love of their grandparents. My wife and I know this dynamic also. We have grandchildren that we do not have a good relationship with. But I, I feel for them not knowing us. I feel for us not knowing them well. Uh, but, you know, it's just a real dynamic of life. So aunts and uncles, you play an important role. Grandparents, you play an extremely critical role. And many of us in the African-American persuasion especially, we know that grandparents uh, become replacement parents sometimes. And I hope that doesn't sound bad or heartless or anything. And, and uh, so what do I mean by replacement parents? Uh, well, life isn't always pretty. Things don't always work according to plan. And sometimes unfortunate things happen that cause serious disruption to families. And when the disruption is serious enough, parents may have to release primary custody of children to grandparents. Examples of family disruptions include having a child too early in age, illness, or God forbid, forbid death of the primary parent, imprisonment even, all sorts of disruptions. 
And I don't mean to sound morbid, but life is real. Things happen. And when these things happen, you need uh, access to a support network. You need ready-made support network, and that's your family. And another role I wouldn't dare forget is cousins. Cousins are most likely to act as peers, but they're a lot closer than just peers. When I was growing up, my cousins were like brothers and sisters who lived in a different house. <laughs> cousins, especially when you live in close proximity, man, those are ready-made friends, ready-made playmates, ready-made companions. They're just, just there for you. A lot of people take a lot of time to work out the distance of the relationship. Are you first cousin, second cousin, once removed, twice removed, all that kind of stuff. I love the way we do it in my family. A cousin is just a cousin. We don't call one another first cousin, second cousin, third cousin. Cousin is just a cousin. Once you're established as a cousin, you're a cousin forever and always. And often cousins do appear in peer groups and generations. And that provides for a specific type of support. And that's why I said earlier, cousins are more like peers, but closer. Here's the deal. Here's all I'm saying. And I got to hurry up here because I'm almost out of time. Your family includes different generations, ages, genders, personalities, worldviews, mindsets, uh, uh, moods, experiences, knowledge, skills, abilities, etc., etc., etc. The truth is God bless you to be born into this grand network called your family. And every family member in your family has the potential to add something to you. And likewise, you have the potential to add something to every family member. The bottom line is God brought all of these people together in a thing called family for the purpose being his ordained, ready-made network of love, support, and nurturing. Don't allow anything to stop your family from working for you. If you don't know your family, get to know them. If you weren't raised around your family, get to know them. It will benefit you in the long run. It will be good for you. Hey, I'm just about out of time here, but I want to appreciate everybody for joining us on this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Listen, if you want to hear this or any other episode, find us on iTunes. Find us on any podcast player. Just search The C.D. Hodges. Let me hear from you. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Uh, inbox me on Facebook. Let me hear from you. Let us know if we're doing you some good. Listen, I'm all out of time. It's been so good to be with you. Join us here again on next week. We're so glad to have you. And remember,